Hello. Hello. Welcome to Salem the Podcast. We are your hosts and favorite Salem tour guides. My name is Jeffrey Lilly. And I am Sarah Black. What do, what do we got today? Pop Culture Part 2. Boom. Volume 2. Better better than Volume 1. Duh. Re- remixed. Rem- this one. <laughs> this one's going to be fun. This is another kind of casual episode in the first part, and if you haven't done so already, go back and listen to that. Right, you can't watch the sequel without watching the original. Exactly. But in the first part, we talked a lot about some of the early mentions of Salem and heavily focused on TV shows. But in this episode, we're going to dive into some of your favorite movies that involve Salem. Do we have anything to cover before we start? Quick shout out to Jen and her father, Bill Harrison. So in Pop Culture Part 1, we did ask our listeners, you guys, to send in any comments or maybe uh, point out something that we may have skipped over. So we did get a message from Kurt Dion, our grave hunting friend. I'm not much of a comic book person, but you kind of are, yeah? Yeah, sure. You got some commentary to add into this one? So uh, basically, uh, he let us know that uh, the Tower of Fate, which is where Dr. Fate uh, resides, uh, the entrance to that resides in a park next to Salem uh, or in Salem. Uh, And I don't know. I am familiar with Dr. Fate. I am familiar with the Tower. I I, I know how the Tower works. So like the Tower itself isn't really located here. It's more like a, you know, trans-dimensional secret hiding place thing right anyway and i was like oh and and i knew all that but i i don't know i I never even thought where it was located but one of the cool things is that dr fate is going to be in the new black adam movie coming up soon so rock's playing black adam and dr fate is played by shoot uh pierce brosnan james bond all silver fox and everything so love it he's looking good uh so I don't know if they're going to set, I don't know if they're going to have the Tower of Fate, but the character who resides in that is going to be in an upcoming uh, uh, superhero movie. So maybe they'll get a passing mention or maybe they just won't use it at all. Who knows? That would be issue number 55 dated May 1940. So this is going back over 50 years. Yeah, that's, that's a 70 years actually. It's before. It's like when you were born. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeff was getting sensitive about his age before oh we hopped my on. God, just, people won't leave me alone. <laughs> we also got an email from Scott, and he wanted to point out a couple books. So, if you are a heavy reader, and you may have heard of some of these already, and you're looking to dive into a nonfiction Salem world, check out "Season of the Witch" by J.W. Ocker. Horror Guide to Massachusetts by David and Scott Godsward, and Witches and Warlocks of Massachusetts by Peter Muse. Thank you, Scott. I'm sure there are plenty, plenty more, and as I said in part one, we will probably devote a whole episode, most likely in the winter season, when we've got some extra time on our hands. What better place to to start a story? I'm almost embarrassed to admit this. Don't laugh at me. I don't know if I've ever told you this before. Won't laugh. When I was a freshman in college, so like I went to community college to start, and English 101, I don't remember what the prompt was. I think you had to write some type of 
mystery or something or just something related to an actual place that exists. And so I chose Salem because <laughs> my, my dad lived here. Like I had been here a couple times and I could not think of anything else. I mean, I used to do that all the time. Like my dad lived in Key West. So I'd always be like, oh, I know. See, yeah. and back in the day before, you know, we had social media and stuff, your experience was what you carried with you, yeah. right? Before the internet, before you had access to all these places through these screens. I wrote a story. Ooh where it was like a mystery murder. I set it in October in Salem and the city wakes up to gruesome murders, basically mimicking the executions of the trials. So like people woke up to several women hanged from a tree. Yeah, it got weird. I don't know why I did that. I can try to find it one day. I think, I think you should do that. <laughs> I would I would love to read that. 2012, Sarah. Oh, good God. Uh, definitely was never made into a movie, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, if it was, it might have been better than uh, one of the movies on our list. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, my God. Um, I, I know we said all movies today, but we also ended the last one saying that there was something else we were going to be talking about. Ah, uh, yes. And like, I was all cringy about it. Reality television. <laughs> I'm so ready for this. The, Actually, I was not. The, the, the finest form of entertainment known to man. Ugh. I watched all of these episodes, I think, in the span of less than 24 hours. And are, that was kind of a mistake. Are, are you okay? No. <laughs> That's why we had to wait several weeks to record part two. <laughs> Recovery. <laughs> So let's start let's start with the bachelorette. I mean, we all know the premise behind, you know, someone gets a rose. By the end of it, the suitor or sutress, I don't think that's a word, will propose to their selection. And then get some money and pretend to get married and <laughs> they'll cheat on each other and they'll get divorced like two years later, which will then bring them like some sort of a book deal or maybe they'll regain popularity and go back on like Big Brother, some other reality TV show. And usually that dumpster fire is more entertaining than the show itself. <laughs> so I remember when this was filming. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't, I knew, or sorry, I had learned later that day uh, a, a friend of ours uh, like posts on their timeline or on their, their Instagram stories. Like, oh, you know, uh, the bachelorette came to Salem. And I was like, oh, that's why there was a horse and buggy. Yeah. So there the horse drawn carriage. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, why is there a horse drawn carriage? There's like, that's, not, and it's not like, we're like, this is not even, this doesn't exist in Salem. Right. Like but who it, brought this in? But it's not something that is entirely abnormal. Like you see it and you're like, oh, there must be a wedding or a, an, an event or a pride, right? Like I just assumed it was, you know. I don't think I've ever seen a horse-drawn carriage in Salem, even for it, weddings. There, there used to be someone who ran horse-drawn carriage walks. Here? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I can't. I'm definitely not remembering the details. I'm assuming they brought it up from Boston for the occasion. But uh, it definitely There's made it. There's plenty of farms around here. I don't know. It's not like a special type of horse. I don't know. Gets like certified and it's carriage driving. Probably. 
but it definitely made a splash here in town. The jokes were endless. The memes. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, we, I, I, I guess probably if there's people who live in places, I guess if you live in New York, it must be like really commonplace to see all sorts of film crews for, for stuff like all the time. Yeah. Um, we don't get that that often. So it's like, it's a special treat and then we're going to roast them for it. Yep. But yeah. So I didn't know what that was. Found out later in the day that it was, uh, the bachelorette. Did you watch the episode? No. Oh, I did. It was, I so the carriage doesn't even make it in. I wonder if they pulled that because they saw everyone making fun of them, the backlash from it. Cause we made fun of them, but also like you really lugged a horse up for this occasion. Like let him be. Okay. Let it be. So I don't know how much you know about the bachelorette, but towards the end when they are low on the contestants, they will visit hometowns of those contestants. Oh, okay. So this year, I don't watch the bachelorette, but this year they decided to do two bachelorettes and then like a pool of men. One of these gentlemen, his hometown was Salem. So that's why they came. It was separated from the rest of the hometowns, which I found interesting. Like they kind of made it its own separate thing. And it was the precursor to the reunion show. It was only a good 15 minutes or so. Um, they were here all day. Well, they were here. Yeah. But the, the snippets mm -hmm. definitely spliced together very quickly. They show up. <laughs> the first scene is he's waiting for her in front of the old town hall and she like runs up to him and jumps in his arms. And like the old town hall is in the background. Which, which side? The main side. Okay. Like they met on Essex Street. Okay. She leaps into his arms. He twirls her around. Perfect date in Salem. They walk around a bit. And I think, I don't remember exactly when this filming occurred, but I want to say it was the season after COVID. It was recently. Like this past, it was this past year. Like it, this past winter. It was within the past six months. It was definitely a dreary time, too. I don't think there were leaves on the trees. So I'm, it I'm, was cold. The reason I'm saying that is I'm 90% sure Nocturne was open. No, no, no. Did you, didn't you see her her post on Instagram? Was it just before they, they opened? Yeah. Okay, 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 yeah. So this is the funny part is like we've, we can go watch the episode, but then we also have all the back end like behind the scenes right, commentary. They were, they were like getting ready. Okay. Yeah. So the Bachelorette was going around to different stores, probably just looking for a good place to film. And when the trailer for this episode dropped, Nocturne posted on their Instagram that time the Bachelorette came to your store and you weren't open yet. <laughs> Okay. But it was funny because in the trailer, they like knock stuff over and it, it looks kind of like a shit show. So I think the owners of Nocturne were probably like, oh, we dodged a bullet here. Right. And then uh, so they, so they're going around to different stores looking for a place to film and they end up in Crowhaven Corner, the oldest witch shop in town in America even, originally founded by Lori Cabot back in the early 70s, but now is owned and operated by Lorelai. She is Salem's love witch. That's kind of what she goes by. Very well known for her love spells. And of course, Bachelorette makes sense, course, right? Obviously, that, that that's how they get them to fall in love. Duh, because you can't, <laughs> you, you got to work some 
spells and magic into it. TV magic most of the time. But a fun fact, though, they did not do the spell in Crowhaven. They shifted over to the Ouija board museum and did the spell there, which I found interesting. Of course, they want like the background. So they move everything over. Lorelai does her thing. And I have to say to me, I'm not saying it is, but this looks totally staged. You need to watch this clip. Okay. Because okay. you see her standing on one side of the table and they're on the other side. And they do this love spell. And then the camera cuts and she goes almost like scripted. Okay, I'm going to leave now. And like goes around them. She could have gone around the left side of the table. But instead she goes around the right side of the table where they are. And then it like pushes over the table. And there's this big mess. And so it's like this joke that, you know, is a bad omen. Because they had this love spell done. And he knocked over the table. And then from behind the scenes, our friend Mandy, who is uh, John the Witchboard Museum's partner, she posted that ABC had to buy them a new rug because they <laughs> spilled honey all over it. Oh. So uh, it's just, it's funny to to see the episode and then hear all the commentary from people in town about it. But yeah, lots of jokes, lots of, we had lots of jokes going about the, the horse-drawn carriage, which, as I said, did not even make it into the episode, which, a oh. little disappointed. Oh, and then they met the parents. They went to Turner Seafood for dinner. So, that was pretty cool to see. They probably didn't dance on the tables at Turner's, though. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> God. You like that transition? That was great. Thank you. Oh, have you, you've seen those episodes, yes. right? Yep. My goodness. Yep. What we're referring to is the Real Housewives of New York. And one of our listeners, she said, I did see the Real Housewives of New York Salem episodes. And I'm thinking the people of Salem were like, WTF, these women are insane. Yes. I, th- I think, I think tip of the iceberg isn't, isn't nearly accurate there. Oh, my God. Uh, and so one of the things that, that I enjoyed about this, well, there was nothing I really enjoyed. But again, it's that behind-the-scenes stuff. So I was working uh, at a shop downtown at the time. Maybe not. Maybe there's just a group. Anyway, doesn't matter. But like, oh, they're here. They're in this store. Oh, they're coming here. Oh, be careful. And it was like a little bit of a warning because there was like <laughs> there was like eight of them and they would they would just like ah like crash through you know like the Kool Aid Man and then you know there was obviously like their managers their film crews their whatever and I guess some of them were a little dude property damage they literally damaged part of the Hawthorne Hotel yeah yeah and they danced on the table one of them danced on the table at um Bella Verona Bella Verona yeah which is a a wonderful little restaurant. A Hi- quaint little yeah, Italian bistro. A tiny little hole in the wall. Like probably not bigger than like my living room here. Go to Village Tavern, people. Yeah. Come on. And they had a private meal. They were seated and they start arguing and they start swearing. And they want them just like, oh, and that gets on the table. I was like, who, how, how, just disgusting. And I think I do recall when it came out, everyone was pretty embarrassed. But, yeah. I mean, what do you expect from those TV shows, I guess? I guess that's it. There's, there's a people, I, people like watching the train wreck. I guess that's why it's popular. 
Um, they also went to Black Veil. Yes. So there are three episodes, kind of like two and a half. Yeah. The they, first one, they're getting ready yes, to go. Yes. They arrive. They stay at the Hawthorne Hotel while they're and, here. And the Hawthorne staff was was wonderful to them. Uh, so there's a few things there. There's some room scenes there. Uh, there was the, the the greeting of them there. I saw Ben and Lex in yes. it actually, yep. and yeah. and June. Yeah. She currently works for for Vamp Fangs, but she was the hospitality manager at the Hawthorne at the time. I stopped what I was doing because I heard Ben's voice. I, I had to rewind. I was like, that was Ben right there. And he's trying to give them each a rose quartz as they yeah. enter into the room. Yeah. And they're like really confused. And I'm pretty sure one says, are we supposed to eat this? Like yeah. it, they are just, yeah. Um, and then Bella Verona, a few shopping places, and then Black Veil. I don't know if they included any of the shops in the episodes. Oh, no, you're right. They go to Black Veil for a dinner. Which is not a thing. No, it's not. <laughs> you might be disappointed if you try to, like, swing that. Although I'm sure they take special occasions from time to time. I'm sure, actually, I take that back. They may regret their decision mm. after what <laughs> went down because it was a screaming match. One of them did end up getting a tattoo uh, if you don't know what Black Veil is, it's a really, really cool shop in Salem. Ryan and Matt Murray are very well known for their dark black and... The vibe. What is it? Their tagline, I believe it's black and gray for the grim hearted. So very unique tattoo style. Um, beautiful space. A little off the beaten path. And looking at my notes from when I watched this, one of them saged their room in the Hawthorne. Which mm-hmm. is kind of funny. Yep. And then one of them broke the fire extinguisher. You know, the case that it sits in. Not the actual yeah, extinguisher, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, the, they she got super drunk after the dancing on the table at Bella they, Verona. They were like falling on the they were all in the basement of the Hawthorne. Yes. They, they went were, to, yep. Yeah. And or the, the I say the basement, the the li- the downstairs library. And they were like ch- I, I haven't I mean like we've we've gotten pretty drunk. I, I don't know if I've been that drunk in, like, since I was, I don't know. No, like, it like was. Early 20s college party drunk. It was a little absurd. Yeah. They also went to Pioneer Village. Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. And they, t- whoever was running that segment tried to get them to dress up in colonial garb, and mm-hmm. they were not mm-hmm. having it. And then they, they did the seance thing. Yeah. Which that, was not uh, Ipswich. Yeah, I they think. they ventured out for a couple of the dinners, which yeah. I was surprised by. I mean, go ahead, but Salem has plenty of good food. Yeah. I was like, why are you doing that? There's like reading rooms and places and bu- like there's but anyway, uh yeah, if you wanna see uh recent real life reality TV show Salem. It is entertaining. It sure is. I will say that. Should we start our movies? Oh, oh, do, do you have I got up? one more thing oh, to oh, show okay, you. Okay, okay. I, you may have seen this already. I don't okay. know. So, did you know that Elvira did a Salem special back in 1986? So, think back to the old days of MTV when you so, actually could turn it on and watch music videos. So, that doesn't seem like shocking news to me. And I'm not sure if that's because I knew that or because it's obvious. I didn't think it was. I was surprised. I was very, very surprised. She's been up here before. She's done signings and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's like a pretty extensive special. I just want to play the introduction for you. Okay. Because it's great. Okay. So just to avoid any copyright issues, I'm going to link this video in our episode description or what we oftentimes refer to as the show notes. So if you want, you can pause, scroll down, follow that link, watch the video, and then resume and you can kind of follow along with us because Jeffrey's going to see it for the first time right now and I'm sure it'll be your first time to experience it as well. Can we just post that on our Instagram? Like I feel like that's got to be allowed. That that, Isn't that amazing? That, I, I have no words for how amazing that was. Uh, other than being ridiculous and campy and goofy and funny like Elvira, there's some fantastic historical landmarks in there. Some great, th- the old fountain before it was stone. Uh-huh. The, I mean, the common, the witch museum hasn't changed. There's but the, the that diner, unfortunately, uh, just down the street uh, has cl- closed two or three years ago. Was that the Salem diner yeah. that they show? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she got all over town. Look at that. Yeah, isn't yeah. that great? Oh, it's so fun. That was, go, if it's not up on our Instagram, go listen. Just, I tracked down the full-blown, it's a several-hour special, and it is Halloween creepy music and, uh-huh. you know, just going one after another uh, with the different music videos, but interspliced throughout is her venturing through town and talking to people And at one point she's like on Essex street and she goes to like, quote unquote, interview Salem police officers. And there's two cops that end up arresting her and like put her in the back of the cop car because she was just, you know, she's just Elvira. It was was great. It was great. Wow. I I think we're going to let's watch that. Yeah. November. So fun. So fun. That was cute. I, I enjoyed that. Thank you. Uh-huh. You're welcome. So how how do you how do you feel about the movie? <laughs> Lords of Salem. <laughs> I had never seen it. I watched it last night after I got home from my tour. I couldn't believe that this was like my choice of movie, but it's because of you guys had to do it. I really enjoyed the beginning and certain aspects of it. I loved seeing all the locations around town. There was several moments where I like paused and I was like, wait a minute, that house looks super familiar. I walk by this house every single day. Where, where she's supposedly living? Yeah, on yeah. Essex Street. Yeah. So cool. Uh, I think I'm going to go back and take a couple side-by-side pictures because it's really, it's blatant. They are in Salem. And she walks, when it shows her walking around, she walks in front of Red's Sandwich Shop. They do a a quick little engine house pizza scene where they're actually inside the store. Town hall. So the the meeting that she's going to, I think they make it look like that meeting is in town hall. Ah, like I did not catch that because yeah. the inside is so right. You're like that's done not, up. That's not where that is. And I was very proud of myself for this one. I caught her walking the bridge over at Green Lawn Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't been there, it is a beautiful, then, beautiful spot. That, was that Chapel Green Lawn or Har- yeah? Okay, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I thought. Yep, yeah. they show the chapel too. And that's where. And then so it's the exterior of the chapel, and she has that scene with the with the priest. And I think that's supposed to be in there as well. So that's a whole nother. I think it was at that point that I kind of tuned out. Like, I'll be honest, I tuned out about halfway through 
this movie. Do you want to give a little synopsis for our listeners? So The Lords of Salem uh, is a movie about a, uh, and forgive me, I'm not going to like read this verbatim from anything. It's, she's I don't a, think it's very clear, to be honest. So she's a radio DJ, or a nighttime radio DJ um, in Salem. So she lives in Salem. Uh, I think she seems to be around Salem, Salem local. Um, and, you know, this, so this comes out in, in 2012. So it's about the right time, but I, I think it's also like a little late. Like I think it's supposed to be set a few years before and I, I could be wrong. And she gets uh, a, a CD uh, or a, a music track sent to her. Uh, but, and I remember listening to like nighttime radio, right? Like once your, your day radio goes, they have like night radio. Oh yeah. We got like local music tonight and oh Sunday nights, all local bands. You send your stuff and we play it kind of deal. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's basically what's going on. So they've gotten this disc from this local band and they play it on the radio. And those are the Lords of Salem. Very haunting and yeah. kind of chanty. And what it ends up, what ends up sort of being unfolded throughout the movie is that, I don't even know where to begin. Okay, so. Quick synopsis. Yeah. I don't think that, so there is very little, if no mention of the 1692 Salem Witch Trials. No, they call they say 1696. Yeah. And the intro involves a gentleman, like a magistrate, a judge, named Jonathan Hawthorne. Yeah. So I think, I, th- I would guess Rob Zombie, it, by the way, this is directed by Rob Zombie. Yes. So if you've seen House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, Devil's Rejects, um, I remember being very excited for this, hoping that had that had the same like, and it wasn't. Um, so it seems as though that he makes up a, a different trials, which I'm kind of okay with in the scope of, of telling this story. Um, because it's so far right, removed there is from like, the real history. Th- they're singing. And I guess one of the problems was this, this chant would, would hurt people and it was the devil's music. And uh, then these women are all burned and, you know, the, the music had to stop and like these sorts of things. So he writes like, a mythos around it. And then the Lords of Salem turns out are the descendants or the same coven of these, of those witches. Uh, And someone had recovered in some of Hawthorne's uh, uh, writings, not Nathaniel, obviously keys of that, of that song. And that's the music that they send in. And here's where it gets, I mean, the whole thing's weird. The whole thing is so weird. This music starts to affect, I think it's the descendants of either the accused or the, so people still living, in, and now there's like people afflicted by this, and it, it drives them into. Uh, um, like a hysteria? Well, they all went to that muse, uh, theater. So. Oh, yeah, that part. Yeah, so it felt very. If you've seen Halloween Town, remember, yes, uh, remember yes. the the grandmother goes missing, the mom goes missing. They're all under the spell of what's his name with the cape. I, I can't remember. And I'm sorry, they they're all lured into the movie theater and they kind of go like stiff. They're yeah. par- they're they're paralyzed, and yeah. then eventually they they're freed. But in this 
everyone is in the theater, it's like they're paralyzed. And then once they hear the music and they're being called, they start coming up and yeah, I'm sorry. I tuned out a good chunk of the no, I don't blame the you. It middle. Gets, it got so weird and hard to so follow. Weird. And so it turns out her landlord is one of these quote unquote witches and they have like a coven and they've been after her and because she's a descendant of of Hawthorne and so she's playing this music. They're all affected. They all go to the town hall. They use her as the center of this ritual sacrifice to bring the devil back. There are these ridiculous cutscenes to like I mean, like, honestly, what looks... Oh, was that baby thing supposed yeah. to be the devil? Or, like, being a reborn or the Antichrist. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I sent Jeff a picture because <laughs> I was like, what on earth is this? Yeah. It's getting weird. Yeah. And then, and then it just ends. It was very abrupt. So, like, literally, it just ends. And then in in the credits, you get a few voiceovers of reports of what seems to have happened and so several locals not actual locals but it's like you know a a news report right which i appreciated yeah and all the the pictures at the end i don't know if you you saw those yet and it looks as though there was some sort of a mass ritual suicide sacrifice and so she dies the witches seem to die all the people they call or maybe that the witches use their it's not exactly clear use their souls to whatever like my gosh, it is a ride. It is. That's an understatement. Mm. Definitely um, entertaining if you're looking for something to throw on this October sure. Friday night. Maybe like Tuesday night. Maybe grab a bottle of wine or two. Or I don't know about two. That scene at the end might get a little rough in two bottles of wine. Oh, it's so weird. Oh oh oh! Hold on, I did have a a, a good a good fact. Shoot, what was it? Um. Uh, da, da. so, so, so there's a book, right? And, and hold on, hold on. I, I gotta, I gotta get this. I gotta get this. I totally forgot this. Da, 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 da. Um, sorry, Lords. I'm typing here. Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem. There we go. Okay. There we go. Okay. So in, in, in the movie, uh, there's a, an author character who has written a book and, and, uh, Sherry Moon Zombie's character, uh, Heidi, goes to him and asks him questions. He's doing some research, right? And uh, the actor is Bruce Davidson, um, which many of you are probably familiar with. Uh, maybe uh, if you're X-Men fans like me from Senator Kelly uh, from the 2000 X-Men show or X-Men movie. However, in 1996, he played Reverend Paris in The Crucible. That's a fun connection. Yes. That's very cool. Fitting. So, yeah, so he played the reverend in that, and now he's this author in this who's written this book with the Corwin stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm on. I was like, well, there's there's like a, you know, like a little tingly in the back of your, your spider sense. Yeah. Yeah. Good catch. Thank you. Rob Zombie's phenomenal. Like, I, I'm so, he's redoing the monsters. I am like, epically looking forward to that it looks fun it looks great i love house of a thousand corpses this just this i just, still haven't seen that oh so good Fucked i've heard up. it's disturbing it is disturbing but it is good i'll give it a whirl yeah fyi lords of salem scored a 46 percent on rotten tomatoes oh, ooh, i've got ooh. ratings for everything I was gonna, we get to do yep. rotten t- oh, that, nice. that way we can give and i figured we could give our own ratings <sighs> 13 
out of a hundred. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I give it like a like if I was not living in Salem, I think that was the most significant part for me was seeing the Salem oh, sites. So there's, if, there's a lot, right? So if I was not living here, I don't think that it would interest me much at all because the plot is just at points felt non-existent to me. Yeah. And it also like doesn't quite make sense. Like who are these witches? They're not witches. They are. There's this, it just, I don't, <laughs> not, not high. Uh huh. And of course in this one, they burned the witches. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about that in our part one episode. Which I was like kind of okay with. They, there was like this other torture device they used. Yeah, they they put one of them in a chair. Yeah. Um, and they burn them in mass like it's multiple. Right. And so I think I'm oh, catch 22, right? But he made up his, it's 1696 witch trials. There's these right. other things. There's this music thing. He he wasn't saying that like young girls were being afflicted and accusations were going around. He just developed his own concept which I think then in that case, using that trope is, is sort of okay. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. So his whole narrative is, is not, it's locally based in, in terms of it's Salem and there's witches, but historically he didn't draw or technically get anything wrong because it, it's all fiction. Right. We mentioned American Horror Story in our part one episode, yes. and I recently started rewatching because, you know, it's that time of year, yeah, and I put Coven on. Uh-huh. You know what they do? What, what? They don't just burn. They don't just hang. They hang and burn. They do both. That was common. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Really? Yes. I had not know that. Don't, don't ask me for like a historical citation. Okay. But I'll ask you for next time. Okay. I, I have never heard of this before. I, I think there is some, oh, I can't remember. But yeah, it's like, okay. man, you're just doubling down here. It was a little intense. I kind of laughed. Or chain you up and bury you in the patio. Um, immortality sucks. Anyway, so that's our review for Lords of Salem. <laughs> I could not go to sleep after that. I could not. So I threw on Hubie Halloween, which I hadn't seen in a couple years. I don't think I ever watched it again after my I first watched time. It when it came out, I think I think we were all super excited. We were so excited. Um, and and so this is this gets back to what we were talking about with. Uh, sorry, I was a little far away from the the mic there. Uh, this gets back to what we were talking about with the reality TV show. Salem was a buzz. When they were filming Huey Halloween, uh, like because Adam Sandler was here, uh, and for so, a while, for, yeah, and Shaq was here, um, and and Steve Buscemi, Steve Buscemi was the big one because he he would walk, wa he'd have breakfast at like Gulu Gulu like every day. Oh my god, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he he shopped in many of the local stores. Uh, I think it was one of the uh, tattoo parlors. I can't remember uh got a poster of of him. i remember this yeah <laughs> and and like like 15 pictures of steve buscemi's face like cut from whatever movies and they got it printed on an 11 by 14 and like 
plastered it around the city and it was like steve come see us come see us and he did he went down there and, and went to say hi so that's like it's a little attention seeking but it was cool to have them all around and like i would love to meet steve buscemi yeah and then within the scope of hubie halloween while they were in salem a lot filming was not a lot right so they did this around the summertime mm-hmm. if i recall Obviously, we don't have that fall vibe going in Salem, which smart on their part. They don't want to come here during the busy season. They recreated a downtown Salem over in Marblehead. Yes. So they kind of transformed that downtown area. And if you haven't walked through, go go pay it a visit. It is a good way to kind of escape this area. And they've got some great food. It is a, a cute little seaside town. But they transformed the downtown to look like Salem. So they put up all these Halloween decorations. And I'm kicking myself because I never went down there to see it. Yeah, we, we went down there once. And we just walked down. And we're like, oh, my gosh, look at the pumpkins. There's skeletons hanging from the buildings. And it was cute. It was cute. And then they transformed our commons. So not all of it was filmed in Marblehead. They used the Salem Witch Museum for a good chunk. And then they did a Halloween night in the commons. So those lights, those orange iconic lights that everyone just adores. I wait for them to turn on every year. I get so excited. We got some great pictures last year. Uh Uh-huh. Those were left over from Hubie Halloween. Yeah. Adam Sandler gifted them. I mean, I don't right. know if it was Adam it was himself, Netflix, but yeah, Netflix gifted the city those lights. Yeah. So they come on every, usually October 1st. And uh, so that scene on the common was also cool. So one thing that, I think it was it was Netflix, they went around to local Salem businesses and asked them if they wanted to set up a tent, like, like, like a standard right. market um, on the common. And then... They, they paid them all um, for their time, and uh, then it was going to be like sort of quote-unquote free advertising, right? So if you see them in the film, they're like, oh, these are real Salem businesses. Unfortunately, uh, that scene took – it was supposed to be filmed like over the course of like one night, and it took like two or three nights. So it went from like a staged thing on the common to like having to rope it off and hire security guards because people were leaving their merchandise out there. Uh-huh. And like they came back the next night – and uh, it was in, it was in the summer, so night wasn't till like nine thirty, and uh, then it was in the movie for like two minutes. Yeah, it's not very long. Yeah. I saw Bora in there. Yeah, yeah. Bora makes a couple little walk by appearances, cameos, and then also um, Salem's sophisticated psycho saw him yeah. as well. Another one of our. Pretty well-known street performers. Again, they used the Salem Diner, which RIP no longer open, but they transformed it into Black Cat Diner. That's cute. Fun little spin. Uh, They also used the Lighthouse. Yes. Uh, And funny thing about the Lighthouse. Out on Derby Wharf. Yes. uh, Is that we get very, we can get very high tides in Salem. Uh, We have like a 12-foot. Sorry, yeah, like a 12-foot tide difference. Yeah, especially when the moon is full, uh-huh. big time. That The entire back end of that lighthouse can be submerged in water. Uh, if any of you have ever seen pictures, if you've ever walked out there and you're like, I'm standing at the lighthouse, imagine standing like a foot of water. So they're filming and they're getting ready to go and it's like this misty night and it's like perfect, but the tide's high. They had to, they knew the tide was coming in high. So during the day they sent like a construction crew out there to build like a boardwalk. I saw that. I was yeah. like, that doesn't exist. That's because the tide was so high. 
Also, I'm sure they did not want the actors to risk running along those rocks out there. Yeah. So, And also, if you look, I think, and I can't remember, I haven't seen it in like three years, there's a side profile. So it must have been taken from a boat out in the water if uh, towards Pickering Wharf, right? So, so towards Shetland Park, towards Finns, towards uh, sea level, looking at the White House, looking at the lighthouse. And the scene cuts back and forth between like one or two perspectives. The, 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 the water level changes, changes like significantly. I love finding those yeah. little mistakes. Yeah. So, yeah, Hubie Halloween. Um, it's a fun movie, but uh, I, 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 I was going to say, I think both of us can agree we're not the biggest fans. Yeah. What's, what's the Rotten Tomatoes score? 51%. Oh. So scored better than Lords of Salem, who only pulled in a 46%. Very different movies, of course. But yeah, I think it's safe to say that most people were not a huge fan. Um, and that movie came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that most people, when it first came I remember everyone's like, oh my gosh, oh my lot. I think that was just like a knee-jerk reaction because no one talks about it anymore. Couldn't have loved it that much. Yeah. yeah. I think all of us were kind of hoping it would be like. The next uh, Hocus Pocus. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It was not. Nope. Hence why they had to make a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do we have anything else or shall we, shall we move on? I think we can move on to Paranorman. Which is great. It is so good. I didn't, I didn't know. Like I, like. Before you watched it, did you have any idea what you were... Nope, had no idea. Um, I So my housemate is a big stop animation fan. Okay. This is one of her favorites, and she is that born and raised Salemite, so I think for her, it really hits a a chord. But yeah, I had no idea on the plot. I was just told that it kind of is a Salem-esque town, and oh my goodness, it did not disappoint. No. So Paranorman came out in 2012. It is a stop animation film, so different than any of the other ones on our list. And it's pretty much a social commentary on the persecution of other people. So very similar themes that we see whenever folks center on Salem for a story. We get the whole witches in the past that are coming back to haunt the present and of course you find out that the young girl who was executed as a witch she was not a witch just like the the folks back then were not witches and the poor girl was only 11 years old so that was a tiny bit of a inaccuracy kind of deal i mean the whole thing is is so it's not but there are these judges yeah and they are judging so the the sort of the whole premise of the film is is about intolerance um they are not tolerant of others and that's sort of what they wanted the the story to be about and they told it it's not like a blatant thing it's a fun it's a very fun very cute movie um but it definitely has this message but tackles some pretty serious yeah uh, themes in humanity so norman the the main character he is 11 years old and he can speak to the dead and he finds himself as kind of an outcast because of this. It takes place in a fictional Massachusetts town called Blythe Hollow. And it's basically a, a cartoon Salem. I feel like it, 
It is. It's definitely, it's, you can like, if you know Salem, but I think they also like forced in like a little bit of Newburyport, a little bit of Gloucester. Oh, they did a hundred percent. Right. It's like, it's like if you took half the North shore towns and just like, no, that's literally what they did. Yeah. I, the first, <laughs> first time I watched it, I watched it on a DVD and of course, you know, they've got their special features as part of the yeah. disc. Yeah. So I watched some oh, okay. of them. Okay. There was an interview with the creators and they spent a lot of time traveling around to different towns in coastal Massachusetts. And they said they wanted to create a town that had all these different characteristics, but principally a mixture between Salem and Concord. They described Concord as older, which I found funny because i mean older in a sense i I guess as you're walking down the streets the older homes salem's plenty old but salem Salem is older let's just get that out of the way first yeah 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 uh but they wanted to take the 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 tourist aspect from salem okay so as you watch one of the first scenes as norman is walking down the streets of blythe and you meet some of the ghosts that are in town you see oh it's great the the motto of the town is welcome to blythe hollow a great place to hang it's literally on a billboard with like a witch being hanged. Is it's, that better or worse than to the farthest porch of the rich east? Uh, I think it's worse. <laughs> I like our motto better. <laughs> they also pass by a witchy wieners, like a hot dog place, a witch's kitchen, which I immediately thought of witch's brew cafe like you could tell that there were things that they pulled out from what they saw and this was like my crowning jewel there was a store called bewitched in blythe and like it was it was the storefront that i yeah yeah, i don't even think the owners know so like for those who don't know i meet my tours out in front of bewitched in salem right on essex street and they had a bewitched in blythe that's cute yeah, it was pretty pretty cute. I probably I probably saw that. I, n- I never put that together. Yeah, it, it was yeah. exciting. And then, of course, when he goes to school, they're working on a school play, and all the kids are singing "Season of the Witch." Mm-hmm. It's quite comical. It's and it's so cute. I don't I don't know what I was expecting when I sat down to watch it, but like I remember watching it, being like, "That was way better th- than anything I was expecting." Great story. Yeah. Great acting. Awesome that cast. Animation is fantastic. The like you you really like there's some tugs on your heartstrings moments. Um and some you feel sympathy for the characters and it, it's very well done. Like I said, it, it's about intolerance and how people are treated and persecuted. My favorite part was seeing the Puritans come back from the dead, specifically the judges. So at one point during the movie, a bunch of folks come back from the dead and then they realize they look around and they see all the witches on everything and they start freaking out. Like I, I've, I've, I think we've talked about this. What a moment that would be if you brought these magistrates back from the dead in actual Salem, they would lose their heads. (laughs) Imagine if 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 Gedney and Hawthorne Hawthorne could just straight up from where they're they're laying and like see who wanders around amongst their headstones today. They they would they would die again. Now, when those zombies come about, the town, the people that are actually living in it. 
they turn against the zombies because, of course, you know, right. that's kind of usually what you do. Mm-hmm. But they go nuts, full-blown torches and pitchforks. And it's Norman's job to basically end this witch's curse that has been going on for centuries at this point. And the way to break the curse is to get people to realize that you shouldn't be persecuting others. Just like these magistrates, they had condemned this young girl who's at the center of it all. The people in modern day were persecuting them, even though they're zombies, which like, just because they look different or they might not have a pulse. like That's that's the point of the movie. Yeah, it's great. It yeah. is so well done. It is smart. And I will say it's one of the first ever uses of a 3D printer for animation. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. So if you notice, they have an exorbitant amount of different facial expressions. Oh, so instead of like Jack when everyone was, was hand done. Uh-huh. Sorry, that's Night Before Christmas reference. Uh, and like when you see, have you ever seen like a behind the scenes of? Oh yeah. And there is just like countless rows of jackheads because they need all they all they were all individually sculpted for like how and especially how big he smiles, you know. And this like right, so and they have to be perfect. Yeah, they have to be perfect. So these were all printed. Uh huh. So they had multiple different expressions that they they could just click on and off throughout the filming. That's pretty cool. And uh-huh. this came out in. 2012 as well so that's the same year as lords of salem yeah i think paranorman did it better i would i wonder what was really like tipping people off to salem centered stories 2012 10 years ago trying to think of anything was going on back then i can't think of when did coven american horror story coven come out 2013 ha ha we're on to something. Hmm. What was happening in the early 20 teens? Burning. Something, something <laughs> in the water. Um, one other thing about para, Paranorman. Um, it features the first uh, gay character in an animated film. And it wasn't, and it's also one of these cool things that, um, you know, so obviously representation matters, but he's a character in the film and he's he's not like, a, a token gay guy. He's not like, you know, shoehorned in as like the gay character. It's just like a passing comment at the end. He's like, oh, you know, my boyfriend would love that. And that's it. And like, that's such a, a fantastic way to, to address it because it's like, and especially within the scope of the movie, when you have all these people who do seem different and are persecuted for being different and you have to convince the crowd that just because you are different doesn't mean you're persecuted and then the whole time there's someone who is different is persecuted for being different and is yet just like everyone else which they are i don't think i even caught that so subtle and so wonderful so now that we've both admitted that that we love the movie what's 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 the rotten tomatoes score Oh, it's high. It's high. It's okay, much okay. higher than our previous two. Can I guess? Did you look it up? No, I didn't look it up. Okay. Oh, what did I guess last time? I got both the things right. Yeah, I, that's why I'm like concerned. Shit. Oh, that it was a um, track record. It, oh no! It was a. Uh, oh, it was the menu the of money. The, how much the the price on the yeah the shore dinners at the Willows. Yes. Eighty-seven. Eighty-nine. You're for oh. you, oh, 
going to have to keep beeping you. Ah, <laughs> oh, 80. I was so close. Okay, 89. Why am I getting a wah, 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 wah? Because you were still wrong. Oh. It's okay, but you were so close. I was so close. You were so close. (laughs) Well deserved on the 89 front. I guarantee you won't be able to guess the Rotten Tomato score on the next one that we're going to talk about. It's low. I I would not be. Yeah, that that makes sense. That surprised me tremendously. Yeah. Cult classic. Not, not, Not popular. I don't believe that. There, there's people out there who hate it. Really? Yeah. There's. I knew. I knew a tour guide who's like, I'm never gonna watch that. Like, what? Why, yeah. Like, I don't understand. Why would you ever watch that? It's not a good story. It's there are people who are like. All right, drum roll, please. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got one. I don't think. We, oh. I don't. It's a do do do. Oh. It's not a drum roll. Yeah, there is no drum roll. Okay. I need to get that thing back so we know what was going on. <laughs> I'm going to be saying that six months from now. But the movie we are talking about is... Hocus Pocus. I'll put a spell on you. Everyone's favorite, it, in my opinion. Yeah, so typically, traditionally, uh, I will kick October 1, bam, watch Hocus Pocus. Dude, June 1st, I'm like, bam, Hocus uh, Pocus. So, I watch it year-round. So normally I'll do uh, October 1, Hocus Pocus, November 1, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that's solid. They're like comfort movies. Do you remember your first time seeing no, Hocus Pocus? Not at all. Do you have any type of like ties to the movie, like childhood ties that no. you can recall? No? Nope. Well, I do. Oh, well, I, oh, well, let's hear it. I, I can't tell you the first. I think I was so young. So it came out in 1993, July 1993, which it did I was- take... 10 a bit of heat for coming you know halloween movie coming out it's the wrong word it 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 was a failure yeah a little bit of a flop for sure it was a a cinematic failure but it was coming out the same year as nightmare Nightmare before christmas so they did not want to compete in october so they released it in july and unfortunately uh, disney lost over 16 million dollars on it I was born in 93, so there's a a 10-year difference between us, and I can't tell you how young I was when I first saw it, but I was young enough to hardly even remember, but it is so ingrained in my early memories. This is back in a time where you don't throw on like Netflix Netflix or anything like that, and I just remember seeing the movie on it was probably on ABC Family or something along those lines and fell in love with all of it. But I had only seen it that once. I don't even know if I watched the whole thing. And I couldn't, it's not, It's as we said, it's not like Netflix. You can't just go and put it on whenever you want. I own it on Amazon Prime now, so I can like go watch it whenever I want. But back then, I just knew that there was this magical story with three witches and there was the perfect mixture between the past and the present. And I was absolutely enthralled with the story. And it took me forever as a child to like track down what exactly that was, because as it was a flop, it really wasn't readily available. Like it wasn't all over the place. You know, you you could probably go buy the movie, but it wasn't in your face on TV Every night of October, probably till I, I don't know. I don't know when it hit like the the you know, current zeitgeist of Halloween. I, I would guess 
you know, maybe it was 2012. Um, <laughs> but it was probably 10, 15 years ago um, within probably that timeline that I sort of recall it being the thing. And it has just grown in popularity. And I think it's one of those great sort of definitely cult classic that is fun. Um, and it's not like there's a lot of Halloween movies that are scary. There's a lot of Halloween movies that are fun. This one, it, it's got it, some middle ground that, in my opinion, just works. There are some spooky moments, like that part where they are walking through the, the catacombs of Salem, the underground burying tunnels. Uh, when Binks gets ran over, that's pretty disturbing. Billy Butcherson, terrifying to me as a kid. Like, he was legitimately scary. And of course, now living in Salem, we've got that fun angle of being surrounded by these filming locations. So we are just down the street from Pioneer Village, uh, Forest River Park, where we record here. So, of course, the the opening scene with Thackeray Banks. Just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. So for as much as Salem is featured in this movie and for as much as people come here seeking out these filming locations, most of the filming was done over on a soundstage in California. I'm sorry to say. I think there's only four. One, two, three, four. Am I missing one? Did you count the cemetery in Marblehead? In Salem. Yeah. So why like I that's drivable. I think that makes five. Is that it? Is that the only five? So you got Pioneer Village in the opening scene. Yeah. Then we've got the Denison House, Ocean Avenue, which also right around the corner. Okay, so there's five here in Salem, six in the area total. Old Town Hall for the party scene. Yep. The school on the commons. Yep. And then I. What am I missing? Allison's house. Oh, duh. Oh, my gosh. This is down the street from my house. <laughs> uh, and also the commons, I, I double. So, obviously, it's, it's... Oh, yeah. Good point. It's looking at the school when the witches are looking at it, which, by the way, aren't the witches. Um, and it's also on the common when the uh, um, Allison kind of throws his number back in his face, which was... Lovely. In her iconic red coat. They oh. walk just past the swing sets with all the kids, the playscape. So you want to know, you want to know uh, uh, funny, funny, sure. Easter egg. That's what we call them, right? Gimme. It was not filmed here in October. Do you know when it was filmed? I don't, but it was in October. Really? Yes. So if you look at that scene and they're standing around those trees, it's all set decorated. It all looks like it's October, right? Yeah. Look past them. Look to the other side of the common. No way. All the trees are green. I'm going to have to look at that. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. So we've got the tiny bit at Pioneer Village, and if we're moving down the road, we can stop at uh, Ocean Ave, which they use the interior and exterior of that, and a flyover of that. That's a pretty, I would say, I would say is, is like the main uh, house in that. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to then now shoehorn into the conversation. That is someone's house. Mm-hmm. There are people who live there. Be nice. Treat it like it is someone's house. It's, it's, it's not a... It's not a movie set. It's not a prop. It's not city-owned property. It's a private residence. Feel free to walk down Ocean Ave. Get your picture in front of it. You know, don't go on their yard. Don't go on their property. Don't go on their porch. Don't. Do not spread anyone's ashes on their 
on their yard, just have some respect. Especially during October. Yeah. I I feel like they could never open their windows. Like they could never keep their blinds open. Like people would be peering in. There's always folks wandering that area. That's why they should do what I want to do. Put Christmas decorations up. Yeah. All year. Be so funny. <laughs> to be fair, it'd probably annoy the shit out of people for like a year or two, and then everyone would be here for it, and they'd all like come down. And then it would be a thing. <laughs> they'd be like, oh, we're going to go in, in, in June, and there's a giant Christmas tree in the yard. I'm like, damn it, my plan backfired. <laughs> then we move on to Allison's house yes. for the, the party. So uh, if you're coming in October, the uh, PBSX Museum owns the Rope. The Ropes Mansion is the name of the property. Uh, it is open for tours, uh, Saturdays and Sundays, I believe. Uh, however, the first and last weekend in October, if you are here, they are set dressing the exterior uh, to match what the set would have been in Hocus Pocus. Um, so there will be bales of hay and pumpkins and all these things. They're, of course, doing it in the first weekend uh, for Hocus Pocus 2, and then they're doing it again in the last weekend, which is what they normally do. They did it for the first time last year for the, the final weekend or final two weekends. Yeah. And it was kind of a big deal. I think all yeah. of us freaked out a little bit because it was the first time since the movie, since the filming, that this was made up to look like Allison's house once again. And I, I, I hope, fingers crossed, they continue to do this every year. Because it is quite, um, it's it's a sight to see. We we went down, we got pictures there, and I I feel so bad. Uh, what was ten o'clock? No, they turn it off at eleven. Eleven. Okay. The lights cut out at eleven, so it's all lit up. the The orange yeah. lights are in the windows. It looks fabulous. And we were there. It was like ten fifty five, and there was there, we weren't alone. So I was getting pictures. You were getting pictures. My roommate was there, so we're getting like group shots, and then. And then they just turned the lights off and we'd both gone and she hadn't gotten her pictures and she was, she was, she was a little brokenhearted. We had to go back the next night and, and get, get pictures for her, which is fine. But heads up. Usually cuts off at 11. Yeah. Doesn't go all night. Not to backtrack to Paranorman or anything, but speaking of things that are going on in Salem in October oh, yes, yes, that yes, are yes. related to what we're talking about. If you will be here on the 23rd of October. So this is the second to last weekend. It is definitely going to be crazy here. But the Peabody Essex Museum just announced that they are having a special event to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Paranorman. There's going to be a panel discussion that talks about historical tourism, uh, basically what we do, and uh, writing dark stories for children and the legacy of queer subtext within the horror genre. So I'm pulling this right off of Salem Horror Fest posts. Them, along with the Peabody Essex Museum, are the ones that are making this happen. And before and after the screening of the movie, there is going to be a diorama of one of the props of the set. So. This is the 23rd of October. Oh, it's a busy weekend. I know. We're not going to be able to go. I got a break between some of the tours. Maybe I'll try to swing down the PEM beforehand. Definitely get tickets because it's a ticketed oh, event. Oh, yeah. Damn. Okay. Now, I would love yeah. to attend this. One of I, the worst things about doing what we do is that there are so many other cool things and we just 
I've, I've put aside a, a little bit of time. Like we're going to the vampire ball, right? Like that's a, a thing. There's a lot of stuff going on in the PEM this year that I'm like, I'm just going to miss out on. And anyway, I'm really bummed. I'm missing out on the night fair. Mm. I'll probably get there like last hour, last half an hour. So we, we, what do we got? Where are we going? Town hall. Ooh. Big misconception here. Yes. That I think still plagues people's minds this when they visit Salem. This is one of my favorite Salem. things to tell people because like you can sometimes watch their hearts get broken. <laughs> Bette Midler never performed in the old town hall in Salem. Sorry to say. Her and iconic I Put a Spell on You happened over in Hollywood. And if, if anyone's listening who perpetuates that inaccuracy, check yourself. Uh, if any other tour companies perpetuate no, that inaccuracy. Keep no. saying the wrong stuff. It makes us look better. It's just stop telling people the wrong thing. Uh, it's, not, it's not like a hard thing to figure out. You say that, but it's not always the easiest to find. Like as we've mentioned before, you get something in your head and say you're saying it on tour and it's just over and over and over again. And that in your mind becomes the truth. And I it, think, I mean, you're not wrong. I, I think I might've said this before. I screwed up cotton and increase at one point for like an extended period. Yeah. I didn't know this. I, 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 you had them mixed up. I don't know if it was extended or if it was just a one-time thing. Uh, but it happened to be at a time when, when someone else was listening to my tour and they're like, Oh, is this? And I was like, no, it's the other way. And like, that's what you, that's not what you said. Oh yeah. Like, so you, your brain is yeah. completely connected and, to your mouth. And I was like, I, they're like, have you been saying that for a while? And I was like, I, I have no idea. I'm like, no, it, it's, you know, increase his father's cotton son. And I, and I just, I just had it backwards. And I, I don't even know if I'd done it more than once or if I had just been perpetuating right. that for weeks. And for, so just public service announcement for anyone that goes and takes a tour in town, don't yell at the guide if they tell you that that's where the Hocus Pocus dance party took place and Bette Midler sang. You don't want to ruin the tour. You don't want to ruin their day. Just be nice about it. You don't even have to say anything. Tip them and correct them after the tour. <laughs> Write it on the bill. <laughs> and in, in my opinion, it's fun to tell people the truth, right? Yeah. So I'm like, oh. So when I when I do tours, I'm like, oh, does anyone recognize this building? And inevitably this is like, oh, hocus pocus, hocus pocus. And I'm like, what was filmed here? And they're like, I put a spell on you. I was like, no, you're wrong. And, <laughs> and the look on their face is like, no, I'm not. They're like, I. I Has anyone I, ever argued with no, you? Okay. No. But you can tell that they're like, they then go through in their minds, like the movie. They're like. I've seen this movie a hundred times. I watched it last week before I came to Salem. And they're like, they, they, Max goes in the front doors and up the stairs. And then that's, that's where it ends. That's where it ends. They run up the stairs right to the left of the entrance and that's it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the movie, the end credit scene, which you and I got into a dispute over this. And I will admit that you were right. <laughs> you were right. Thank you. But at the end, when all the parents have, you know, spent hours and hours dancing the night dancing away. The night. Yep. And they are just spent by the end. And they, they, they kind were of dancing like it was 1518. The dancing plague, <laughs> which I thought of right? when I was watching that scene when she says, dance, dance, dance until I, you die. I wonder if, if that was, if someone knew that. I've always wondered that. I'm sure. Maybe. Maybe. But they come out at the end, like, stumbling. I wish I could remember the mother's line. Like, oh, they really know how to party good here. 
which side of Old Town Hall is it that they come out on? Without the steps. Right. Which, I mean, it's hard It's hard to say that, though, because there is technically, like, a couple oh, steps oh, down. Sure. But there's one side that has three doors. There's one side that has one door. Okay. And I thought they came down the steps on the side where there are three doors facing Lobster Shanty, Front Street. But it is actually, in fact, the side that faces Essex Street, and they all just spill out of that one door. But I always tell people on my tour, if you want to recreate it later. Just come stumbling drunk down. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I'm waiting for the day. Fun fact, did you know Leonardo DiCaprio was offered the role of Max? And turned it down. He was doing something else, I think, or was going to. What's Eating Gilbert Grape, right. which I think he ended up winning some awards yeah, for. So that's, that's a classic. probably a good career move on his part. Yeah. And then anything else? Oh, oh, there, there is a few other scenes. So I guess uh, we, we talked about the common. Them looking at the school building say, tis a prison for children. That's not them. Those are not the actresses. Yeah, if you notice, you don't see their faces. Yeah. They are not great body doubles. It honestly, it doesn't even look like, it looks, I could be wrong on this. It, I, it looks like they are spliced into yeah. the frame. I'm, I've been told that it was body doubles, but I've also looked at it and thought the same thing you've thought. So I, I'm not 100% sure on that one. Uh, but I do know that they weren't actually there. So the sisters yes. never came to Salem. I mean, maybe like for vacation on their, on their own time. I, a little birdie told me that Sarah Jessica Parker is here right now. Why? I don't know. I'm assuming for nostalgic purposes. Maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. As well as George Clooney and his wife. She was doing a uh, talk over at Salem State University. Oh. I figured that he might come with her, but. Let me check who's on my team. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, right? take a tour. Take a tour. There's no way that they would get on like an actual tour with 35, 40 other people. I, I don't know. I, I would. You'd have to be like dressed up incognito. So I feel like like uh, for celebrities, uh, the best time to go and do anything was uh, when we all had to wear masks because uh-huh. like they could probably just turn up at a thing and no one's really going to recognize them. Uh, but anyway. But yeah. If Sarah Jessica Parker was walking down. Essex walking, Street. Exactly. Yeah. She did come here for her episode on who do you think you are where she finds oh, out that she is a yes, descendant yes, is. of a witch yes. or a, an accused witch i should say uh during the salem witch trials yes. so i'd forgotten that fun little connection you see her wandering through the witch trials memorial and everything that, that, that's just about i feel like oh oh what do you think of hocus pocus I love it. Okay, I what love do you it mean? too. I, don't, well, we I had, give it a 10 out of 10. 10 I, out of 10? It's one of those movies where I could sit down and I could quote the whole thing. Okay. It's amazing. I'm, I'm pretty much on the same page. This is one of those situations where it is so deep inside Formative my brain. Years. yeah. It, it will never go away. I will watch Hocus Pocus until the day I die. I and it. I will love every second of it. Quick shout out to the Black Flame Candle Society podcast. So there's currently a podcast that uh, they they started up just around the same time we did 
It's run by two, this is the only way that I can think to describe them, two hocus pocus fanatics. Mm -hmm. And when I say fanatics, I mean like obsessed. And their passion definitely shows through each episode. I recently started diving in as we're getting closer and closer to hocus pocus two. And I'm going to tell you something that's going to make you upset. So I'm just, just heads up. Uh, they're interviewing several cast members, which is really cool. They just interviewed a gentleman that worked on the makeup and the sets, specifically Billy Butcherson's makeup, and he's coming back for... They also sat down with the creator of Hocus Pocus, David Krishner, which, thank you so much for bringing us this beautiful piece of movie magic that I will... Watch till the end of your days. Till the end of my days. But he said something during the interview that I was like yelling. I was yelling. I was like, no, 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 Was he talking burning? No. No, he was not. They were talking about how iconic the movie is and what it has become. He never even imagined that this story would strike a chord with people for so many decades, multiple generations at this point, and all over the world. He said he would love to see a nice bronze statue of all three sisters situated right across the street from the Bewitch statue. There's no, don't even, don't even try to make this you're like sitting there thinking, no, no. I don't think it's out of. That is one of the most historic intersections in our town. Okay, maybe not there. Put it somewhere else. Put it somewhere else. Sure. Put it somewhere else. That was my, I'm not saying don't put it here. Middle of the common. I was thinking by, know, by the school. Yeah. If you, yeah. if you actually had them, I thought maybe situate them, the, the sisters kind of like how they're peering over the fence, like at, uh, tis a, a prison for children. Yeah. Please, f- for the love of all gods everywhere, do not put a six foot bronze statue of the Sanderson sisters across the street from the bewitched statue. That is just not that's that's where the the first well of Salem was that's where the first church used to stand it's no it's one of the oldest roads in the country no no there's there's better places there are better places i thank you so much again david for bringing this to life but that as as a historian living and working in Salem and talking about the witch trials and having that conversation between modern day commercialization and the past, I cannot get on board with that. I just cannot. That's fair. But I would not be opposed. To one on the common? To one on the common. I like it. Which I don't even know if people would be okay with that either. Are you kidding? The common association? Yeah, the common association would go nuts. No go. Replace Roger Conant. <laughs> With Winifred Sanderson. Right. People think he's a witch anyways. Yeah, and it's next to the witch house, so it would, or sorry, next to the, the witch museum, so there you go. It's funny, in Paranorman, they do have a little witch statue, uh-huh. and I swear they pulled it right from Roger Conant. I, I think I have heard that they did. But That's I, great. I don't, I tried to like confirm that a while ago, and I couldn't, just, 
and maybe my Google skills are not up to par, but like when you type in, like I'd be like, oh, Conant statue, right? Like uh, which statue? Unless they said it in an interview, you're not going to find that answer. No. So that's what I had heard, and I'm not sure uh, where I had heard that. Um, but it's like you look and you're like, okay, that's definitely the the case. Um, but anyway, what do you, what do you, should I try and guess? We, we got, we got, we got tomatoes. Yeah. I even for this one, I, we got <sighs> tomatoes. Just call me a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I pulled the rotten tomatoes score, but also the audience score because okay. I was so disappointed in the rotten tomatoes score. I didn't believe it at first. 37. Dude, why are you so like you're close? You guessed eighty seven, yeah, 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 and it was eighty nine. Is it thirty nine? It's thirty nine. I damn it! I sat, I sat here and I was like, "Is it?" I'm like, "I want to say thirty seven. I was like, "Why don't you say thirty nine? Because the other one was eighty nine. And you're like, <laughs> "But there's no way that the two but, could both end in nine. That's right. just impossible." And I'm like, and I got it wrong the first time, so I'm gonna go with the seven this time. Damn it! You're so close. Okay. Audience score. 93. 71. Sorry. <laughs> what? I know. The I was kind BS. of surprised. Bull BS. Uh, everyone who comes to Salem and wears your Sanderson sisters, hocus pocus, a muck, a muck, go, go up that rating. That means that hocus pocus scored less than Lords of Salem on Rotten Tomatoes. It is. There is no... Uh-uh. No way. No how. I don't Oh, I thought I, you're saying there's no question. Lords of Salem no. reigns superior. Oh. <laughs> Is that it for Hocus Pocus? I think so. Okay. Real quick before we jump on to the next thing. Uh obviously we didn't cover the crucible. Again. Uh, again. I think we've mentioned that a, a few times now, but I just want to again remind people we're gonna get the whole episode. We'll talk Arthur Miller, we'll talk the play, we'll talk the movies. Maybe we'll even do a recorded watch. Maybe we could do like a watch party. <laughs> Where we can sit here and react to the yeah. Okay. Give okay. our commentary. Yeah. You know, crack open a bottle of wine. Actually, we should put this on the to do list and y'all should put it on your to do list if you're in the area. Ectoplasm. I've been keeping an eye. I haven't seen it. From Far From the Tree is coming out, I believe, on the 1st of October. Like, it is the... It's late. We we went... Remember last year? I swear it was, like, September. I don't know. On my Instagram, you you took a wonderful picture of me. Yeah, Jeffrey bought, like, three cases or something. It's so good. If you don't know what ectoplasm is or what... We're not talking that ectoplasm. Yeah, not the stuff that you, you put in... Your, places. Your, your special places. No, this is a beverage. It is a hard cider. If you haven't been to Far From the Tree Cidery, please go check them out. They are amazing. Some of, in my opinion, some of the best oh. cider in the area. When okay. was it? It's September 30th. Ah, there you go. I they did. must always release it on that first weekend. So I believe it's coming out on the 1st of October. I already told them that we'll be swinging through after that first weekend is over to kind of recover and and grab some. But it is made with green peppers, jalapeno, and kiwi. So it sounds like a weird combination, I but love it, it. it's amazing. It's got a little bit of heat to it, mm-hmm. and it is bright green, bright green. Makes makes some great photo ops. But yes, we'll get it. We'll get ourselves a a pack or two of those, and sit down and watch The Crucible. I love it. So, last on the list, 
which is not technically last on the list. You're looking at me like, did we leave something off? And it's not. I'm just going to prep them for what's coming next. Okay. So we just talked all these movies and ended with Hocus Pocus. That iconic Halloween movie came out in 1993. Now it's a cult classic. Sanderson sisters are all over Salem. And we're going to be getting Hocus Pocus 2 in like five days. Woo! Yeah, we did this on purpose. If you haven't yes. already figured that out yet. <laughs> this was all part of the master plan. Yes. Uh, starting with the pop culture, one, two, week before Hocus Pocus, then we're going to watch Hocus Pocus, and we are going to give you our not-quite-live uh, reactions. No, but I think we may record some of that. We'll see We'll see how much we yeah. we capture during that watch. We're going to be exhausted. It's coming out on the 30th. We have I the... Vamp- I don't think I can watch it. Don't the- you dare watch it on the 30th. We're going to watch it together. I'm going to watch it before you. No, you are not. I am. Dude, no. I know. I'll, we'll we'll what? get there. Don't worry about it. What? You know this. Oh, there yeah. You go. Never mind. Now she got it. Shoot. <laughs> <sighs> and I can't ban you from going to this thing. So Jeffrey is taking. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let, let's. Okay. okay. Let me back up. Okay. Back up. Okay. What was I saying? It comes I got- out on the 30th. It comes out on the 30th. We have the Vampire Salon on the 30th, which I have decided to go to. So if you are going to be out and about during the Vampire Weekend and you're going to the salon or the ball, reminder that we will both be there. Would love to meet you. With bells on. Feathers. You'll have feathers. I'll have feathers. I'll have my bells. Yes. For not, not jingle jingle, right. but right. bell bottoms. <laughs> yeah, for the salon. Um, I'm going full full gown for the ball. Yeah, yeah. But... We have these crazy parties. We also have a ton of tours peppered throughout the weekend. And then we are going to sit down on that Sunday evening and we'll be exhausted, but we're going to sit down and watch. I think what, like like 10 o'clock at night? Hocus Pocus 2. Yeah. 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 And we'll we'll record the the immediate reaction to it. So what we'll need to do, though, before you see it, because you will probably see it before me. We need to sit down and record our expectations and like what we're hoping to see. Okay. Okay. We can talk a little about the trailer and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would definitely um, like to do that. And then we can cut to our, our review. So uh, what Sarah, what I was talking about and Sarah hadn't quite remembered until she remembered. A little spiteful towards you for this because I'm quite jealous. They are showing it on the common. So there will be a screening of Hocus Pocus 2 on the common on the night of the second. Um, so that is going to be the the Sunday night, right? Friday, that is going to be Sunday night. I'm not 100% sure of the time. Uh, I think it's going to depend slightly on uh, the when the market's going to be closing and when sunset is. Um, so I, I think it's probably around 7. That was going to be my guess. Uh, so if you're around looking for something to do, come down the common. Uh, get a, uh, the only public screening, I, I think. Right, because it's just releasing on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no theaters. Yeah. Um. Although the night before, oh, totally forgot about the night before. There is a party at the Hawthorne, the Black Flame Candle Party. Not at the Hawthorne. Oh, my apologies. We're, we'll be. At we'll the be at the Hawthorne. We'll be at the Hawthorne at the Vampire Ball, uh, Hamilton Hall. But if you didn't get tickets for that in the first 12 minutes, uh, <laughs> then you're not going to get tickets. And I believe you could only get tickets if you were a D23 member. Yeah, so it's a, Dis- it's a Disney party uh, put on by them. I think there's going to be a screening or two there. Um, but those are, as a private event in Disney, they can do that. So this is the only public screening the next day on the 2nd. 
If you've been to Salem in October, you know how crazy it gets. So this first weekend is going to be insane. You've got everyone who's just coming to visit in the first place. Then you've got all the vampires. A lot of people like to refer to that as goth prom. And then on the flip side, we also have the Hocus Pocus party. So who knows how many Hocus Pocus characters we're going to see wandering around. So it's going to be a very fun dynamic. Very busy. It's It's going to be be, fun. It's going to be a weekend. Um, But yeah, so if you're you're listening to this uh, on uh, Tuesday the 27th, uh, one, two, three days later, you can watch Hocus Pocus 2. And on the 4th, you will get our uh, uh, Hocus Pocus 2 episode. And then it's We've October. been waiting 29 years. I'm, I'm trying to make a joke that you haven't been waiting that long because you weren't alive, but I'm not. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I was about to come out when Hocus Pocus came out. I'm a, an, an October baby. I actually turned 29 this October, so quite fitting. You are as old as. Yes. Very good. Not old as you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to leave them with a homework assignment. Oh, goodness. Which can, we, can we grade them? We have and to judge them. You have to do too. This is part of your homework assignment, but I want to be there. I don't like this. I quit. When you, <laughs> you can't quit. <laughs> We're going to do this together. I've seen it twice already, and you know where I'm going with this. If you are a Salem lover, which if you're listening to this, you probably love Salem, and you want a little peek at what Salem was like back in the 90s, there is this fabulous movie called Witch City. You can only, it's like a documentary. You can only get it on Vimeo. So just a heads up, like don't try to find it anywhere else. Like you can genuinely only get it on Vimeo. And I bought it. It was like 14 bucks. I watched it twice within a 24 hour span. And then I forced someone else to watch it. Because it's so entertaining. Basically, this gentleman who was born and raised in Salem left the city but came back to find uh, such a transformed place. Basically focusing on the commercialization, real witchcraft, um, and also like the rift between the history and the tourism. It's really well done. There is an appearance by Ellie Vassell, who dedicated the Witch Trials Memorial. You also see Arthur Miller for a brief moment, gentleman who wrote The Crucible. He was on the committee that selected the Witch Trials Memorial. You also see a young Lori Cabot, which was interesting. She is definitely an elusive character these days. And the rift between the religious groups, the churches in town, and the people celebrating Halloween and the actual practicing witches was pretty substantial. I think everyone gets along for the most part. Of course, you get your street preachers coming out during the busy season, but they're a rarity surrounded by tons of folks that are looking to celebrate. Back in the 90s, there was definitely more of a you know, a budding of heads. And there was a lot more people on the, I don't even know what to call it, the anti-Halloween side. They used to have like little rallies in some of these churches on Halloween night. Like it was fascinating as someone that lives in Salem, loves Salem, loves the history. I think it's a valuable resource for anyone to watch. 
I'm going to make you watch it. Okay. You're going to love it. I'm you, sure. You're going to love it. You've been telling me for months. I know. I know. Okay. So again, that is Witch City. Uh, just type in Witch City documentary, 1990s. I think it came out in 96, but don't quote me. And you can find that only on Vimeo. Good to know. So that's your homework assignment. Go watch it. Uh, is that it? I think that's it. I think that's it. Happy first day of fall. Oh, it is, isn't it? Uh-huh. And it is it is yucky and rainy and gloomy and drizzly. It's and if great. I, if I didn't have to go give a tour in like 20 minutes, I'd I'd be much happier. But that's okay. I'll bring a clean pair of socks. It's it's what we do. It's the life that we chose. <sighs> the life that was given to us. That we chose. Sure. So that's all we got for pop culture. We've got Hocus Pocus 2 coming next week. And then we got some fun Halloween stuff, uh, October stuff through October. And um, that's all I got. Thanks for listening. See you later.